This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Sandy Hunt, Managing Director at the Wharton Social Impact Initiative, joins us now to talk about their new gender lens investing research. Sandy, welcome. Hi, Janet. Thanks so much for having me. So, Sandy, first tell us what the Project SAGE series is all about. Sure. So um, a little bit of context for your listeners who may not know. So Wharton Social Impact, the group I have the pleasure of leading, is the center here at Penn and Wharton for all things at the intersection of business and impact, which, as all your listeners know, is a growing world. So there's a world of finance at this intersection, um, you know, ESG, sustainable investing, impact investing, all of these terms. And one of our big priorities, of course, being a research institution, is to help play a role in sort of quantifying and conducting research on these emerging spaces as they grow. So with that said, gender lens investing, the sort of topic and concept that you can invest through, uh, you know, outcomes for women and also get financial return on your investments is a, a space of growing interest in this world. And so Project Stage 4.0, the report we're talking about today, is the fourth in our series, as the name suggests, <laughs> where we actually take a look at the you know, the full scope, a landscape analysis of structured private equity, venture capital, and private debt funds with the gender lens. So that's that's the context of this report. Can you talk to us a bit about how gender lens investing has been impacted by the pandemic? Oh, that's a really great question. Um, so we this report did not collect hard a lot of hard data on that, but what we can see in the quantified information we're collecting are some interesting trends that suggest the impact of the pandemic. Uh, one of them is there is a very significant raise between the total amount these funds are targeting raising um, and the amount that has been raised. So that's one thing that you could one could suspect might be. Uh, you know, sort of driven by the pandemic. Uh, we also saw healthcare as the top sector focus of these funds. It's not surprising to see that when it comes to gender lens investing, healthcare and health in general does always show up high, um, but it is it is a strong front runner in sectors in this work. And that, of course, is not a surprise to see on the heels of the pandemic. Um, and then finally, the third thing I would say is we did see an increase in care economy activities happening within these funds, so a focus on the care economy. Um, and as all your listeners know, that is certainly a topic that we're seeing highlighted um, and not necessarily in the best ways um, in this country as we see look at the impacts of the pandemic. So um, those are three areas that I think that those two things intersect. So let's talk about the growth in gender lens funds. I'm hearing that those have increased by nearly 50% recently. They, they have. So um, in this report, so again, just sort of focused on the um, private equity, venture capital, and private debt world that this report focuses on, there is information out there on public funds that various wealth partners released. So, But within the little world we looked at, yes, we saw a, a tremendous increase, um, 206 funds um, included in this survey. And again, it is survey research, so they had to respond to us. Um, so we there there are um, there's lots of reasons to suggest there are more than 206, but 206 who participated in our study that's up from 138 um, in Project Stage 3.0, which we released in 2020, and up from 58 58 um, when we did Project Stage 1.0 five years ago. So really, we have seen a lot of growth in this field. Um, and what I would additionally say on that is, if you can imagine that the gender lens investing world started as sort of a tight circle of very clearly defined funds that had um, 
a, a very significant focus on gender, the circle's getting bigger, but the edges of that circle are getting blurrier. So what we're seeing now are a lot more funds um, that gender is one element of the impact they focus on, but it might be one of several. So we're, we're starting to see a very big circle, but those edges are getting blurry, and you've got a lot of intersectional sort of Venn diagrams where funds are focused on gender as one of several impact priorities. Are gender lens funds benefiting from the general trend in favor of ESG investing, which has grown dramatically in recent years? Yes, there's a lot of reason to say yes. Um, we are certainly seeing a lot more attention on the issue. The growth of the funds and just sort of the volume of funds being launched is reason to suggest that, yes, it is. We certainly have seen an increase in total funds raised by these funds, um, though there is still, as, as I noted, a pretty significant gap between the targeted funds raised and the total number of funds. Part of that might be driven, um, I suspect, by the number of new funds and, and just that growth that we talked about. You've got a lot of first-time funds and a lot of new funds coming out in a pandemic. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly, the, the, the one-word answer is yes. So let's talk a little bit about the definition of gender lens investing. Your study found that the funds can vary in their definition. What are some examples oh, yeah. of those definitional differences? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Let's talk about the definitions, uh, plural, of gender lens investing. So this is this is the fun part and the tricky part of research. Um, we love to wrestle with these emergent spaces in, in sort of impact world because of this complexity. So, you know, there's, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, however long back you want to look, you start to see interest in these, you know, efforts to invest in ways that improve women. Language starts to form around it, right? It's sort of anthropological and financial. So what are we calling these things? And I would say the field of gender lens investing is probably anywhere from 10 to 20 years old. By that definition, Jackie Vanderbrug sort of published a seminal book about it several years ago. So this is a named thing. But when we asked funds, how do they define gender lens investing? Most of the funds and we gave them sort of a drop down of seven options. Most selected many options uh, and most funds selected, um, you know, uh, several sort of types of definition. So this includes advancing gender equity in company ownership. So we're looking at companies, these funds are looking at companies that are um, owned and led by women. Um, they are looking at companies that have C-suite positions, so women in leadership, advancing gender equity in finance. So we're looking at women fund managers, products and services for women, um, advancing companies that have a positive impact on the women they employ, advancing companies that improve the lives of women in the ecosystem, so supply chains or the secondary folks. So it's really, really, really wide definition of gender lens investing right now. And one of the messy parts of these fields as they grow is that you do get um, different, you know, great groups um, that are, you know, coming forth with wonderful intentions and kind of putting forth their own frameworks, putting forth their own methodologies, certifications, and things like this in the field. Um, but we're all norming. There's no sort of uh, single definition of gender lens investing right now. There's no single certification, you know, group or agency that says this is a gender lens investment right now. So it is a bit of the Wild West. Um, the good news and bad news there is there's a lot of product, a lot of opportunity. If you're interested in this space, a lot of action. The sort of downside, if you will, is it does require an investor or an interested, um, you know, company or fund to kind of roll these and do a good amount of work because of that breadth that still exists. So let's talk about the leadership of these funds. And the senior leadership is pretty diverse, as I understand. What do the proportions of diversity and senior leadership in these funds look like? Absolutely. So we do see in general that we're looking at some pretty diverse funds. Now, when we um, 
conducted Project Stage 4.0, of course, our, our little universe here is just the funds in our survey. So we don't have the, uh, the set of funds, funds in the world to sort of compare it against. Um, but what we do see here is that we have a very healthy amount of um, diversity in the fund leadership, um, as well as diversity in the, in the fund sort of uh, investment priority. So I'm not sure. I'll talk about both. I don't know exactly what you meant, but, um, you know, 91% of the funds in our survey prioritize gender is critically important. But the percentage of those funds that also included racial and ethnic diversity as an impact priority or LGBTQIA plus diversity have doubled from Project Stage 3.0 to 4.0. So about half had racial and ethnic diversity as a priority, um, and 15% also had LGBTQIA um, as a, as a um, priority for their impact investments that they are making. Sandy, another key finding was that gender is not the only component of diversity in fund strategies. What other components of diversity did you find play a significant role? Yeah, I think I would just uh, double back on the two I just mentioned. The big ones are racial and ethnic diversity and LGBTQIA plus diversity. Um, again, those those doubled um, in, in representation from Project Sage 3.0, which we released in 2020, um, so very recently in the, in the world of finance and Project Sage 4.0, which includes data through 2021. Um, and uh, really, yeah, seeing those both double up to 47% for racial ethnic diversity and up to 15% for LGBTQIA. So those are both really marked improvements in um, other forms of diversity these funds are looking at. And healthcare is still the sector that is leading. It's the leading sector focus. What other industries are ahead of the curve on this? Are there any surprising ones that we, we might oh, be interested yeah. in? Sure. I'll do a little myth-busting. So there's lots of tech. Um, this is something that often surprises folks uh, when they think about gender lens investing. Tech might not be the first um, you know, thing to come to mind, but that is the third most popular sector. So healthcare and agriculture lead as the first two. Um, but fintech is really up there as well with over 40% of funds um, active in that space. So consumer technology, STEM tech, clean tech, we see a lot of those. So that's sort of point one I would make is you're going to see more tech than one might expect. Um, the other trend that I think I'll highlight is how much action we're seeing at the intersection of climate and gender. And, of course, easy to understand how these two things interact um, for a number of reasons. But we see agriculture, environment, clean tech food, renewable energy, a lot of these coming up as major, major um, fun focus areas that we have those intersections with gender and these other themes. Ultimately, Sandy, what is the goal of this research? What do you hope people can take away from this? Sure. Um, this, this research is meant to be a tool. Um, so I, I still like to say, and I think I've said in the report, this research is not meant to sit on a shelf. We hope it is dog-eared and coffee-stained on your desk. Um, you know, our job at the Wharton Social Impact Initiative is, is to advance the research, right? So we're not out here advocating for any particular funds or even for the growth of the field. We're really just trying to say, you know, here's, here's a tool, here's information. As these grow, they need to be they need to be measured. They need to be reported on. You know, we need to have helpful information out there. Um, so the report not only includes our analysis of all the information we collected, but at the end, um, we include a full table of all the data that was submitted by funds for participation. They could kind of request a few things or kept anonymous. But in general, you're going to get 99% of that data. Um, and you can actually request the Excel, uh, the download of the Excel table um, in this report. So if you want to use this to understand maybe how how or if there are opportunities for, you know, your individual, your personal, your corporate um, impact priorities around gender, 
and um, any of the funds, you can slice and dice and sort that Excel file. So we really want this to just be a tool um, that is out there for folks who are curious about the space. And then as the field grows, we, we take really seriously our responsibility to just sort of um, help be that uh, sort of not, not observer role, but researchers are observers in a way, right? We get to add these sort of um, fence posts uh, to really mark the growth of a field. And because we've done Project Stage 4.0 four times, we can look back and say, this is how private equity debt and venture capital with the gender lens has grown um, over the last five years. And without our, without our research, we'd be saying, yes, we think it's growing, uh, but without the numbers. So we're happy to put those numbers out there for people to, to use however they can. Talk to us a little bit about the reception of the research. Where are you seeing the, the most positive reception? Oh, interesting question. Um, the, the neat thing, I'll use a technical term, neat. <laughs> the neat thing about this research is diverse the audience is for it. So you take a look at a report like this, and you will see funds themselves looking at it, right? So this is their peer group. Um, they're, they're taking a look at it. You're going to see companies looking that are looking for investments by funds, right, looking to be invested in, and they want to know what the, the fund universe looks like. You're going to see um, investors from individuals to institutions looking at this to not only look at trends um, in the field, but also to look for investable opportunities. And then you're going to see academics who are going to take a look at work like this and start to pull apart those trends and ask those questions. You know, why were there so many first-time fund managers? Or do women have a harder time raising? You know, were the funds that are um, about gender and led by women more successful in the fundraising or less successful? These are questions we don't have answered yet, but I think the academics who look at this report, um, including many of our friends here at Penn & Wharton, can and will start to ask those questions. So um, there's a little something here for everybody. Well, Sandy, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Always a pleasure, Janet. Thanks for your time. And that was Sandy Hunt, Managing Director at the Wharton Social Impact. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.